Well, the gang is all back together again out of my league podcast 2.0, ready to give you guys some interesting sports and pop culture and entertainment takes. I have got my man's B back with me. Brendan, what it really do? Man, it's it's good it's good to, to run this back a little bit, man. Yeah. Like this was a great idea. When you talked to me about it, I was like, Yes. yes. <laughs> give, give, give me give me what I need, please. Right. Thank you in the veins that they're doing like this little last dance with MJ. Like you might as well just take it back. Let's learn a bit, a bit more. How are, how have things been for you in the interim since all of this has gone down with this COVID and coronavirus mess? It's really, really crazy. Uh, it's just, <laughs> I'm just still having a hard time, like wrapping my head around things being this different and I'm in Georgia. So it's, it's like, by decree, it's kind of been reopened, but like, oh yeah, nah. <laughs> like, <laughs> smooth no, that one. That's a smooth no for the kid on that one. So, do are people like out and about and just like whatever, or you kind of haven't really gone out to see confirm for yourself? I was about to say, I I honestly couldn't tell you if it ain't the grocery store. Like, I haven't really been <laughs> anywhere. Like, I can't, you're not I trying to run into real, Karen like, and her ARs. <laughs> You're not trying to run into Karen and her AR-15s? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm super good. Um, how are you doing? Let me, let me, uh, let me, let me see how, how Big Coop doing. I'm all right, but you know, Slick, before I go into how I'm doing, like, you saw that thing in Raleigh with, like, those guys walking around downtown Raleigh oh, with yeah. AR. And I was like, yeah. I'm thoroughly yeah. disappointed uh, in my state, like, thoroughly. It, it was, it's so absurd because, like, we both are from Raleigh, and like I've been to that subway. Like, <laughs> right, that, right. That's so real. Like, yeah, it's, it's like three miles from my house. It's uh, some place <laughs> that I've been pretty frequently. Um, and it's it's crazy to walk in and you have a rocket launcher. Like, man, Hello. why do you have this? Right. Why, why do you need this? How was? How did you get this? Like, why do you not feel safe on Fayetteville Street? It's pretty long. Can't miss it. Like, something goes down. There's so many cameras. I don't know if anyone's seen ABC 11, but they have a good eyewitness news. Like, you know, they have a good scan of the place. So, if you're not feeling comfortable, dummy. Like, it's just, it's sad all the way around. Keep it a buck. But I am good. I'm trying to maintain, you know. I'm trying to keep busy. I've actually been, like, going to school, taking these courses online oh, cool. yeah so i took this sports marketing course and then i'm teaching i'm doing this like teaching certificate so i have to do like teaching english as a foreign language so i'm just trying to like keep busy and kind of put some more stuff in my arsenal just in case sports never comes back right like just oh, in case i have to make peace with the fact that i have to have some other skills in the arsenal just in case I have to utilize those at a later date, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Man, that really hurt my heart. It's yeah. Like, it's like just this like I mean I I don't I don't think that we're going to get the end of the NBA season of this um, 2019-2020 season. I, I don't think that I think we we've seen the last of this season. I I hope that we get a second season. I mean I hope we get a, a season next year. I think it'll probably be truncated. But I'm hoping that we'll at least get one. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping I hope for because I think I think this this year's done. So you don't think they're gonna play basketball like Vegas or Orlando? Nah, I, I don't. Um, <laughs> I I like well, and I don't know if you saw it. Like I just came across um, on Twitter just like probably about an hour ago. Apparently they were like just mass texting the, the <laughs> players. The players union was just trying to get a gauge on seeing if play, players want to play. Yeah, I don't know how. In, Important that is given that outside isn't open yet right. but i guess they're just trying to figure out how willing they how willing they are to play which kind of 
it's kind of weird. It's like, I don't know. It really doesn't feel like it should be up to them. It seems like this is more of an, a situation where doctors tell you when you can have something like this as opposed to, like, individual individuals trying to make this decision. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Dr. Fauci is definitely, if he was never had his name submitted in history, like, it's certainly been right. his time to shine. But overall, though, I mean, I agree. Like, it shouldn't be up to these players. But at the same time, if I'm thinking about my livelihood, like, what does your what does the NBA's plan look like, right? So it, is it complete isolation? Is it the ability to go home and see my family because I have kids? Am I going to have to interact with these kids? Do I have to walk in every day to the practice facility and get tested? All and right. that seems kind of like, you know, haughty in the sense of how many tests are disposable for y'all just to play oh. a little basketball game when we got people out here and, like, you know, the thick of it on the front lines who have can't really go home to their families and they can't get tested frequently so it's just i don't know it's, it's a weird space right it's just awkward on so many levels because you think about what's important to you really is basketball right. important sure for us we love it we enjoy it great but in the day we'll survive right. we're surviving without it like you know we we can maintain we have great things like the last dance i mean more document if there was ever time for documentaries to shine like Maybe you need to have a contest, like, you know, maybe put together some docs and run it on ESPN and give people opportunities to, like, showcase their interview production skills. I don't know. Just give more, give us more videos if we have to. Give play-by-plays from players past who are talking about their experiences and give us good debate topics. But we can survive without live sports. It's just not fun. I mean, it's not fun. Nobody likes it. <laughs> no, it is not fun. But, like, have you, have you heard the, the cutaways from Magic? Um, yes, I don't know if you've seen them all put together, but him just like making these like sounds with his with his with his uh with his mouth. He's like ping ping pew, and then he comes down. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Like, it's, just, it's, it's like it's like a walking onomatopoeia. Like it's hilarious. <laughs> he truly is a gem, and I think while we have you know while we have all of our like superstars, we need to like get as much content. You know, just getting the yeah. storytelling. Some Magic Johnson is a great storyteller, and just having those yeah. guys tell what really happened instead of all the speculation. And I think that's what, in our transition as we go into The Last Dance, that's, for me, what's been really great. Like, we never, I have never seen Michael Jordan so vocal and so willing to tell his story, right? So I've never seen him be so like, okay, this is actually how it really went down. Like, he's the king of, like, letting speculation just live in this bubble. But now he's like, actually, okay, here it is. And he's, from start to finish, been very adamant about what has happened, what hasn't. But... In the same sense, he's the king of controlled narratives. King. Right. Like, right. even if this none of this did happen, it's all BS, who's going to not believe Michael Jordan, right? <laughs> like, right. from start to finish, from the first episode when he was talking about his transition into the league and how some guys are doing certain things, I was like, you're snitching, but you're not including yourself. So, again, controlled narrative. <laughs> yeah, like the, what they call them, the cocaine bulls or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I never knew that. <laughs> Yeah, I did. so yeah, like that that has been a fun part. Like the early, early parts of his career, we weren't a lot for. Yeah. Right. So like I, I I missed a lot the kind of the earliest memories of me uh, of him for me is at the end of that at the end of that three peat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's when I'm kinda of coming into, you know, knowing basketball and understanding about what's what's really going on and all that stuff. Uh, so it was nice to kind of see how some of the narratives kind of repeat too, where 
the things we say about LeBron, like he's he's not this or he's not that. Jordan had that same stuff. Well, he's a scorer, but he's not a winner. And you know, like it's it's easy to kind of build those sorts of things and those criticisms until you win. You can always right. come up with a reason. He wasn't this much of a leader. He, the reality was he didn't have enough talent around him to win. Mm-hmm. But the narrative gets created where he's not a winner, he doesn't lead, and all this other stuff. So it is kind of funny going back and watching uh, some of the same criticisms that today's players get. They were getting them back then, too. And, you know, it's also crazy how we are still in this space of not being able to appreciate just art for what it is, right? The basketball for what it is. Kobe told us, please, just watch. Just don't compare. And, like, as you who are someone who's a LeBron staying in so many regards like how I feel like I it's been a pleasant surprise to not see you be like the rest of these birds out here who every time something comes about Michael they're like oh we'll see LeBron did xyz it's like dog like he has six rings he doesn't care what you know what you commentate on your little twitter app like it's okay to just say hey that's the interesting part of the story and keep it keep it pushing right like it's it's okay to just acknowledge the greatness for what it is without saying oh well LeBron could have done this better or you know LeBron didn't have anybody either he still put a team on his back like yes that very well may be true that does not take away from what Michael did right so I don't know yeah I I, I think kind of the I think it's episode five Mm -hmm. it's either five or six I think it's five where they were just basically talking about Kobe and their relationship because I wasn't I didn't I knew that they had one I don't think I knew it was as intimate as it was and when Kobe says you know you don't you know just talking about the debates between the two is like you don't get anything out of out of me without him mm-hmm. like everything I do is as a you know kind of a function and form through him um and I was just it just kind of it kind of rocked me because I've had a thousand Kobe and Jordan debates and probably will have a thousand more but it did <laughs> it kind of did put it in perspective for me about you know, you can be a fan of just the great basketball that's going on, and it doesn't have to be, you know, this versus that all the time. Right. Absolutely. Well, we got the chance to see episode seven and eight, and I can't believe we only have two more left, but definitely wanted to talk about those because I would argue that they have been the best episodes that we've seen out of this entire series so far because it was just real raw emotion from Michael Jordan, especially in episode seven. And let me just say, Jerry Krause came out swinging like media. When you ask the wrong question, you don't be asking people who ain't really trying to talk. And Jerry was clearly not trying to talk about the future of the Bulls after 1998. And he came out basically saying, like, you have a stupid question. And I'm, I think it was uh, Craig Sager who asked it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Which was hilarious. But it would just, like, punch you in the mouth and let me know that this was a lot going on. But overall, Seven was, you know, Michael being done with basketball which have you ever I've never known anybody to be at the top of their career being like you know what enough like to me I compare that to like female like Beyonce being like you know what I'm at the top bye I'm never making music again it is crazy to, to think of I mean we've seen some I mean the, I, the closest I guess I've seen is Barry Sanders mm-hmm. uh, where he's like one of if not the best running back in the league for multiple years and then just kind of dips up Maybe but Calvin Johnson. It feels weirder in basketball because one player can mean so much. Like as Gisbert was, he didn't. Right. I don't think he ever won a playoff game uh, because the the Lions were terrible. <laughs> um, and so, like, but with Jordan, you're winning championships. You are the most successful you can be. You just put up a three peat and you're dipping out. 
Right. Um, that's like it's still they they show the press conference where he's up there in a white Sox hat, and I remember that press conference. I was just like, this is so weird. <laughs> like you you just gonna play baseball now? Yeah. I mean. And okay. it was crazier because it was voluntary. Like, Magic Johnson having to walk away from his career wasn't voluntary, right? Right. And we think about just how that was a big press conference and a major deal and people having to retire because of injury. And they have been at the top, but, like, they were worried. Like, Luke Keekley, he is still a great football player and probably could still be great. But, you know, the impacts of multiple concussions is, like, I still right. want to walk, be able to walk away when I'm 35 with my head held high. And so I just, it's amazing to see how someone literally was in the prime, like healthy as can be, but also mentally checked out. And that's one of the, you know, vibes that we don't talk about enough is mental health and how some people just get to their point. Because like he was saying in past episodes, you know, this takes a toll. Eventually you get tired of having people in your face all the time. I mean, even the strongest person gets irritated with that. There's not enough money or fame that would make me be like, yes, always want this kind of energy all the time. And I can imagine also, we we never really make the comparison in this way between athletes and artists. That like artists will take break, you know, they'll be on sabbatical for a year or two. We don't think of it as crazy for them. Mm-hmm. Like Rihanna. Like we, we I don't know if we'll ever get Rihanna. Because <laughs> Rihanna's just like, ah, you know, it's like I'm I'm making True. this bread out outside of, of music. But like they need time to like refresh and and you see how hard Jordan pushed not only his teammates but himself. Like you can't go at at hundred miles per hour all the time forever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I know people would like to talk about whether or not the, the Rockets win those two titles if Jordan is around. But if if a guy's telling you he like literally didn't have the thing that made him Jordan anymore, I, I don't I don't necessarily know if if they that result is any different. Right. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that they brought up the point of the retirement and the scandal and how he was alleged to have this gambling issue was gonna be kicked out of the league for 18 months so he just decided to go play baseball and they debunked that and I'm glad that Stern was on there to debunk it and I am going to just you know keep my little positive bubble and say that that was the case but we never I mean do we really know do we not know I think the best case I mean obviously no one no one knows except for the people that are involved but I think the most reasonable take came from um I want to say the writer's name, but I, I don't remember. I but basically, he was saying like, um, why would David Stern, the commissioner, unilaterally do this and devalue the the NBA? Yeah. And how would nobody know? You know, what I mean, like, you, so you keep in mind he works for the owners. Mm-hmm. So, like, if he were to do this in secret, there's no way there's no way he'd be able to pull it off without consulting every single person that that wouldn't make any sense on any sort of level that's the thing that never made sense to me like you're going to devalue your product and you're going to be able to do it in secret like what's the best way for three people to keep a secret if two of them are dead like there's no <laughs> way you've been able to do that with which was it at the time was it 30 teams at the time i don't know yeah. but no way you could have done that with all those honors and to have you know michael be in the sense of he was at that white Sox game and that got out that he was retiring got out like that, right? All the sources. Right, exactly. And you mean to tell me that a gambling scandal? The same media who basically blamed him for his father's passing, yeah. that that didn't, nothing like that ever came out. So, like, I highly doubt that there was ever an 18-month ban for him on the way, for sure. But speaking of that passing, Michael Jordan's father passed away. Episode 7, we saw 
the toll that it took on Michael and how he just pretty much lost a lot of his motivation because his father was literally right there for all of it, you know, darn near. So I know for me personally, if my father passed, like it would be very challenging to try and play elite level anything, let alone just function, right? And seeing him win that championship and bounce back after his father passed away, I was like, okay, he's on a different level of respect that I had I already had for him, but take it to another level. All yeah, and, and watching him kind of that release, um, you know, after like of emotion after um, after they they beat Seattle, like one of the crappiest parts about losing somebody really close to you is that even at your highest points, there's always a bittersweetness because they're not there to experience it with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was like the quintessential picture video of that. And just watching like how hard he's crying. There's, I mean, it's honestly, I, I there's a bit of me that feels like a voyeur watching it. Cause that's a very, very personal private moment. Yeah. Um, but like it, it is, it is a really good representation of that feeling. A hundred percent. And I don't know, like as a media person, as a journalist, do you feel like that's an invasion of a person's moment, right? So at some point you clearly see that he's upset and taking that photo. Do you feel like, okay, take two clicks and walk away or I'm comfortable enough to feel like I'm capturing a moment that will last a lifetime? I don't feel, wasn't he in the locker room when that happened? And mm-hmm. he was like in the mm-hmm. back of the locker room? Yeah, like, come on, man. Like, like, my man left, he literally left the the playing where everyone is and is celebrating and went to go be by himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And y'all like Maury Povich style went back in the back room with the, <laughs> with the video camera and like, oh, come on, man. Like, yeah. like maybe, maybe, maybe not. Like, you know what I mean? Like let, let there be, there's okay to have some, pri- you know, like just have some amount of, like I'm a private person. And so like, if, if, if he had made the decision to leave everyone else so that he could have this private moment and then you still go back and film, it's like, damn bro. Like, this is obviously very, very hard for him. Yeah. It's, it's, it feels like a creep move, honestly. Yeah. It was just a lot. And I think that we all have to learn like everything is not meant for film. You know, as much right. as we're such an open society now, like everything is not meant to be taped or what have you. So I think that it's just one of those introspective kind of things that you have to grow in being a journalist. But one of the things I think has to be introspective, Scotty Pippen, bruh. Can we talk about Scotty in this episode and his bench-warming abilities? I was not (laughs) expecting that of Scotty. I was going hard for Scotty, and then I had to kind of go back a little bit. And you know this timeline is all off for me. I can't even remember. What was it, year 94? Uh, That's 94. Four, okay. yeah, that's ninety four. That's the first year after Jordan leaves. Yeah, and so he it was like one of the last plays of the game, and they uh, Phil Jackson drew up a play that didn't involve Scotty, and Scotty was pissed, so he did not go back in to the game. And BJ Cartwright was like in the locker room once they actually did pull off the win, like you basically let us down, bro. And I think that's very justified. Yeah, no, that's 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 the real, and it's also. One, it's in the playoffs, so like yeah. you're you're super wild and you're already down one <laughs> zero, so, um, and the play doesn't go to you. I can understand him being upset. He had had an MVP caliber season that year, um, so I can understand him being upset, particularly because he's played second fiddle for so long and because he knows that if Jordan's there, 
Fields going going to dial that up for Jordan. He's not dialing that up for Kukoc. Right. Um, and it gets compounded because Kukoc does also then make the shot. So it's like it's, a, it's an especially memorable thing because it's like not only did you quit on your squad, they really also didn't need you, and that it was obviously the right decision. Like it was obviously <laughs> the right decision to have them take right. the shot. So it's it's it looks really bad in retrospect especially i mean it was just a complete egg on face but i'm glad he was humble enough to apologize but still like you know you well, know it's bad because he was like i regret it but he was like if i had to do it over again i'd do it again well that's <laughs> that doesn't feel like you regret anything but like, I don't, I don't, and i also don't know how you come to that conclusion that you would do it all over again because it's pretty clearly a poor decision <laughs> i'm sorry kind of you know i'm sorry that <laughs> I'm sorry it happened the way it did, but I would have done the same kind of thing had I not gotten the play. So, okay. Well, just don't say sorry. You know, it's, it's just like a key thing of it's okay not to say sorry if you don't really mean it. I think that's a life lesson people do not learn until their later adult life. Like, if I'm not sorry, I'm not going to say sorry. That'll preach. That'll, that'll preach right there. Folks love, love the I'm sorry to make other people feel better, even though they feel the exact. If you would do it over again, I don't know if you're sorry. Like, right. That does not seem like you're sorry. I might have changed my tone and my pitch and <laughs> <in> my delivery. <laughs> However, the point still remains. You pissed me off. You know, like, I'm still upset. So there, there's that on that. Another kind of fun moment. I saw uh, Steve Kerr versus MJ in their little scuffle. I didn't know whether to feel like, okay, Steve Kerr about that life, or MJ really just taking it too far. Uh, it seems like everybody knew that MJ was taking it too far. <laughs> it seems like everybody knew that. Now, I didn't know that Steve Kerr had, like, hit him in the chest. Yeah. That that part does change it for me. Like, I mean, keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know he's the smallest guy out there or whatever, but you still need to keep your hands to yourself. You're a grown man. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but it was kind of, just the idea of Jordan just falling off and sticking on one time just is really funny to me. I don't know why. I just can't see. I mean, I can't see them being the scufflers, but when all said and done, Michael seems like the type that blows a lot of smoke, but then is like, sorry, like immediately after, or like 48 hours after. Yeah, I think, yeah, I could, I mean, he, he, and he, to his credit, he called him and apologized. Um, you know, pretty pretty much immediately. So that's that's real. Like I can understand somebody like you said, I can see Jordan being kind of a high head. Like that's that's not a that's that's not a leak. That's not that's, that's <laughs> not, that not a hot take. But as a former hooper, right, have you heard the kind of trash talk that MJ was delivering? Because for me in swimming, it's more of like a mental thing. Like I can stare you down and just like go through my own lane and do my own thing. And I'll beat you like that. But when you're on the floor, I guess during practice, you can yell at each other. But still, at the end of the day, you had to push off underwater and you can't talk. But, like, during being on the court, clearly, you can call someone every name under the sun besides the child of God. And they kind of just have to take it. Yeah, I mean, the stuff he was saying wasn't even crazy. Like, I... You've heard crazier. Oh, much crazier. Oh. (laughs) Folks, folks... Folks will dog you. Like that was that that the stuff he was saying is just kind of like regular pickup banter. Honestly, like, yeah. that's just. I mean, that's if I don't hear that, I would feel I would, I would maybe feel a way about it. Um, like yeah, that's just part of it. Now I wasn't like I never really talked to her. I just that just wasn't. I I couldn't focus on two different things at one time. Like, <laughs> like I'm like I can do one or the other. I cannot do both. Right. But like yeah, I, I'm really accustomed to hearing. I thought that was. I mean, I think you probably. I, I wonder. What if if 
bigger our culture has changed because I don't play basketball anymore. So I wonder if it's, <laughs> it's changed away from that. But like, yeah. especially back in the G, like, yeah, that was that was pretty much part and parcel with it. And you know, watching this documentary, it's like okay, I feel that itch to compete again. But I mean, it goes away after a while. After the documentary is <laughs> off, it goes away. But I'm like, does it ever make you like want to go hoop again or like want to just be out? Like, I, I guess it definitely does make me miss like camaraderie and just fellowship in a sense. Like I just miss being able to kick it with people and be like in the same room and not on a video screen. <laughs> like, Real. Now that is you know, <laughs> I miss not having like Twitter interactions, but like being able to actually like watch a doc together and discuss it and like have these takes and, you know, barbershop talk where you can just go back and forth and we're all in a same space. Not six yeah, feet apart. And it seems like so long ago now, right? right? <laughs> like a really long time ago that we were able to do that now. But like overall, I'm hoping these last two just really hone in on and go back to like that competitive side of him. Because what stuck with me was episode seven and how he just talked about being a competitor. And like when he was getting to tears, I was like, that's a level with which I feel like I need to be hungry now in my like career life right so like when I was a swimmer and I was competing like I was I was killer mentality but then I get to career and I'm not as kill I guess I'm trying to learn that happy dance of being a killer like MJ killer style not like a complete psycho because like you do want to be you do want to be hungry for yourself you do want to be determined but you also know that like getting ahead or getting anywhere cannot happen by yourself like I'm I've always felt as though no one's I've never done anything by my own you know volition like I've always worked yes but it's the help of somebody right it's having someone in the right room someone believing in you someone taking a chance on you and so it's that healthy balance of like believing in yourself and going on and forward but also you know allowing people to correct you give you feedback coach you and stuff like that yeah, no, that that's that's very real. You have to confidence is is really really important because that's going to get you that that first step yeah. to where you want to go. But you know that teamwork aspect will probably get you that last step. You know what I mean? So you right. do have to, like you said, you got to balance it. But you you mentioned did did the <laughs> did the doc make me want to get out of the hoop? I actually went to go hoop for the first time in years. Yeah. Um, How like, sore were you the next like, day? Yeah, like three days ago. <laughs> um, not like full court, nothing like that. It was really just kind of just dribbling, shooting yeah. around uh, with with my neighbor. Um, but uh, man, I was so sore the next day. <laughs> I am very old. <laughs> I'm wildly out of shape. So we went to run and celebrate Ahmad Aubrey's birthday, and we weren't. We were going to go do the two point two three miles to celebrate. And we're like, let's just run it. And, like, of course, we went gung-ho. And I was, I was, like, really about it. And I started running. And I was like, Candace, why? Did, why? You needed to stretch. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not at the age where you can just be like, all right, as soon as I hit my watch, we can just bolt and go. Like, you need, like, a warm-up mile. <laughs> you need to at least get a couple steps in and a good stop and stretch before you just out here being hella ambitious. Like, you need to humble yourself, right? I paid for it. My calves were on fire the next day i was like i think i just i could have easily pulled a muscle in for like i wanted to be a part of you know something that's bigger than me obviously but also it's okay to be smart about things and i think that's funny that you mentioned being sore because i paid for it but it'll humble you yo yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll right? humble you so quick we so are just quick at that age <laughs> but in other sports news really um the last sports bit I have for today is Earl Thomas. I don't know if you saw the story where him and his brother were caught in an Airbnb by his wife, Nina. 
she brought out the Nina, okay? The 40, I don't know if it was a 45 or a 38, but my good sis said, I'm ha I've had it. And she had no bullets in the, what was it, the chamber, but one in the, what was it called? I don't, I don't know nothing about guns. So she didn't have any, like, she didn't have a case of bullets, but she had one in the chamber she didn't realize. And yeah, that's why you shouldn't yeah. be rolling over. Right. Like, there's, there's a part of me that, like, really wants to take this to a serious place because, like, hey, this could have gone really, Woo. really sideways. So like, you rolling up with your crew and rolling up to somebody else's house and, yeah. I'm glad this, everyone this, this walked away. written all over yeah. it. Like, I'm glad that we can laugh and joke about this because it was so close to going left. I'm glad everyone can walk away and be okay. You know what I'm saying? Everyone is healthy clothed and in their right mind and we can live to see another day because had she killed this man and whoever else that was involved like you're facing life off of what a snapchat location and some like infidelity and you got three kids assist right yeah it's like whoa i mean like if you that man just call the divorce lawyer like, uh -huh. like let it go like, get that alimony cool. popping change the box like come on like, what are we doing here like this is you, this is not an action movie. <laughs> Hello, right this is this is real. Like this, you, there, you, there's no going back. Like you can catch a case, he might drop the charges, but you don't know what old sis, the girl he with, she might fear for her life, and that's a whole snowball. You ain't trying to go. She down. should fear for like if somebody breaks into your crib <laughs> with the heater and they friends who are carrying bats. Apparently, she apparently it's gangs of New York over there. Right, like, like she got a whole squad of them. And you descend upon my household like that. Yeah, I think you mean to do me harm. Like, very serious harm. And, you know, I did find out that Nina is from New Orleans. So, if that tells you anything we know, that she bought that life and then some. <laughs> bruh. And then also Earl, man. Uh, Earl. What you hey, doing, man. bruh? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What's You're going on. What are, you, what, what, are, what are you and your brother doing, man? <laughs> Let's just be clear. Let's just be clear. It's a quarantine pandemic. We got a pandemic going on. The fact that you are still willing to cheat during a pandemic lets me know that, A, you don't care about your life. You don't care about your children's life. Like, you don't care about so many things. I have so many questions. Like, you don't care about your own safety. One. I understand. Look, man. I understand that maybe you and your old lady are not apparently seeing eye to eye right now. And that's I cool. I feel you. Uh, and it's it's one thing to break quarantine for the yams, okay? Okay. <laughs> you know what? You know what? It's a biological imperative. I get you. I'm not saying you should do it, but I understand. But orgies, though, man, you got to at least put a cap on the orgies. <laughs> 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 like, you at least got to, like, just take one for the Levels. team. No more orgies, fam. Like, Levels. We not right. There should be no pulling up to any kind of train station during a pandemic. Period. Period. You've got to love yourself more than that, right? Like, for your own health and well-being at this time. Because heaven forbid you catch COVID after, and then everything comes out about how you caught it. Oh, my. Right. Oh, nobody's going to feel bad for you, right? Like, nobody's going to have empathy for you. Like, that's just a whole PR, blund like, blunder that you don't need. And I love my brother. He's <laughs> my best friend. But, um. Nah, man. This, nah, not enough. Nah, nah, just nah. Just smooth no. A smooth no. A smooth hell to the no. Not happening. Uh -uh. Nah, not bro. Happening. Nah. You got it. You got it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just chill here and play video. You got it. You got it. <laughs> I'll be out in the car. Let me know when you're ready. Put my mask on, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I got games on my phone. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good right now. 
Heck yeah, I'm just I'm not I'm not taking no chances for nothing. Like it's not it's not that serious. And so I think <laughs> that was a moment of reflection. Like it's just it's not never been that serious. It's never in my thirty two years of life it has never been that serious. <laughs> and we've never been in a pandemic before, but I just it has it has me thinking differently. And I would hope that like things infidelities of that grand grand scale would just make me want to just relax just a little bit just a little bit if somebody's listening to this they can only take away one thing Hello. take away this no orgies during the pandemic please. just just for everybody's sake no please orgies. don't get no covid coochie out here it's just not worth it stay your tail at home that's all i'm saying like either leave your wife or insist just co- and the other lesson is sis just collect your alimony don't catch a charge for no man collect your alimony in peace and go like straight up that's just what it's gonna have to be but you know it is time of covid like we mentioned people are stuck in the house and obviously you've watched more tv than you ever thought you'd have to consume and you know the cultural classic going on right now is insecure and a lot of people have been up in arms going back in and out for this conversation between molly and Issa and friendships and i actually thought about scotty and mj and how it was great to never see them beefing in the sense of your success does never negates from mine right like i always want you to be successful and i can't do this without you and like i think molly and Issa could take a page out of that like because molly to me i guess she's like mj she's like always been successful always had that but the reason she thrives is because she had an Issa right there in her corner, ready to give her advice and ready to be there, like her one too. And while Issa's success might look differently, like Issa's still learning and she's growing, but she's now starting to finally get it. And kind of like Scotty in 94, when he had the time to shine, had an MVP year, took a tumble and had to humble himself. I feel like it's all about communication and trying to just learn how to better yourself. So to me, Molly and Issa are like, I don't know what they got going on, but it's frustrating. It is frustrating. How do you feel about this season in general? Because this has been a little bit of a slow. I thought last last week's episode was good, uh, it's but it's it felt a little bit slow to me. Yeah, I need more than thirty minutes. But I also go to that might be me being greedy in the sense of I have nothing but time right now at the moment. <laughs> right. So if you want to give me forty-five minute episode, I'm good. You know, like if you want to give me a whole hour, I would love it. Only because I know after these thirty. I have so much time to be in my thoughts once again, and I just don't really want to do that at the moment. So, yeah. I'll tell you another thing. I wish they focused more on, like, like Chad and Kelly. I know yeah. they're, like, kind of ancillary characters, but to me, like, they're really, really funny. And, like, I feel like they could use – I could use a little bit more of them mm-hmm. in that in that whole thing, too, I think. Because I just I, – I don't know. I think a lot of it's been about this Molly – Issa kind of break up of their friendship and it's like mm, this isn't really a lot of fun to watch over the course of a season yeah and the sense that you know Kelly gets like three lines an episode and you're like I need more of her bits or at least her commentary to what's going on not just like oh y'all will be fine and then that's all we hear from Kelly for the entire episode you know and but yeah. I do I will say in this last episode we saw where Molly essentially got mad at Issa for asking her bro- boyfriend for help by way of her old flame, it lets me know that either you don't want me to succeed or, you know, you don't want it to be through any kind of relational help towards anybody I know, which is also problematic because, as I was saying before, you can't get nowhere by yourself. Everybody needs somebody to lean on. 
Somebody had to help somebody get somewhere. So I just think she's Molly's in a weird space. Yeah, which is weird considering that she's doing well at work and she has a you know he's got the her seems like her relationship's kind of in a good place with uh, I think his name Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like everything should be. I don't know. It seemed like it'd be really the easiest thing in the world to be happy for Issa, and it seemed like it was kind of going that way. They, you know, they were they were dancing and, and kicking it, and then when she found out about how um, how Vince Staples, how she got put on Vince Staples, that seemed to kind of derail it completely. Yeah, and I just you know I'm gonna keep watching. I feel like uh, some shows I watch off the strength of the culture, and I feel like you. I agreed with you when you said it started out slow, and I I could honestly not watch this whole season until it all comes out and then just binge it but i'm trying to keep up with like okay weekly let's have discussions but there were some twitter topics and conversations i know one of our favorites in the sports media world got a lot of gripe because she tried to compare molly and Issa to a mom and grandma <laughs> and i was just so confused because that's not the same relational dynamics you know what i'm talking right, about right yeah yeah no no i i, I know the relationship dynamics, but wait, what's this mother and grandmother person? <laughs> this person who I don't want to, you know, put out in the universe because I don't want this to be whatever. She went on Twitter and just went on this rant about how M- Molly essentially was like, when your mom tells you no, and so Issa's like, well, you go ask your grandma instead. Like, <laughs> And so, yeah. I was like, not the same thing, but I see what you're trying. You know, you're trying. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's not the same thing. At that's all. like trying to stay, trying to stay culturally relevant is cool, but like you gotta be a little, like a little hipper, right? I know we're getting older, and so things don't exactly hit us the same, but yeah, it was funny because it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because it wasn't. But next week we have two episodes left of the last dance. Hopefully. We'll have some sports to talk about. Are you watching Korean baseball or no? Uh, I've caught like a, a, a couple games. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what I'm watching for real, obviously, because Korean baseball is a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy the occasional bat flip. Um, <laughs> so that's 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 something I I mean, like I'm, I'm, I watched some of, that Uf, some of the UFC card mm-hmm. the other night. Like I'm just trying to I'm really just trying to enjoy it wherever possible. I know that. I'm looking forward to, I think they got Tiger and Phil and two actors or two other celebrities or something like that. They're doing like a best ball tournament like in about a week or so. So like I'm going to be glued in watching that. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll pretty much, I'll I'll pretty much watch anything at this point. (laughs) Where did you, or what was it? uh, What did you think of Greg Hardy and him playing on the UFC card? I didn't see that part. I didn't know that Greg Hardy was. I knew that he had been fighting. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess I I missed uh, him being on there. But yeah, no. I mean, I think he. I, I had seen him fight once before. He had, the competition he had fight previously was kind of whatever. But he looked dominant. He's a. I mean, obviously he's a killer athlete. So um, I. It's he wouldn't be the first person that was accused of um, intimate partner violence to to go into a combat sport. Mm-hmm. Won't be the last, sadly. Very true. I think, you know, as long as he's doing his thing, I have no comment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, okay, go, cool, you're fighting something, something right up your wheelhouse. At least it's, yeah, at least it's men it's, this time. That seems to be what you're, what you're interested right. in. So as long as you keep it into the octagon, I think everybody will be, be all right. 
Exactly. Well, hopefully we'll have some better updates next week on sports and where they're kind of going. But I would roll the dice and agree with you saying that there aren't going to be any sports for the rest of the summer, if not going into the fall. I hope, I hope we're wrong. I think LeBron's going to get chipped too. Like, I think this was, I think this was. This was his year? A, yeah, I think this would be it for him. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, obviously as he gets older, those, that window shrinks smaller and smaller, but he was leaving the league in assists this year. Anthony Davis was falling outrageous. Like, it was, it was perfect. There was no more super team with Golden State. Like, everybody had about two superstars on their squad. They, I thought this was the year for them. And I also think that with everything that went on with Kobe, he was going to put that on his back, and he really was going to go to another level. And unfortunately, even if he, even if they bring basketball back and he does win, they're not going to count it or respect it as they should, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I saw somebody writing about, like, there being an asterisk by whomever would win the title. I don't know if I feel that way just because the Spurs won the, the lockout short year. Mm-hmm. Um. And nobody really kind of puts an asterisk by that. I mean, it was it was a fifty game season. Then they won. I don't. I don't, I, I don't know if I. I don't think I would. But it would be a different. It would be interesting to see how people kind of treated this, depending on what this is and what it's even going to look like whenever we get it or not. <laughs> Maybe one of these days. Right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll keep hope alive, but we'll definitely be back next week to give you guys some more takes. But for Candace Cooper and Brendan Witted, we leave you with this: raise one for the good vibes and pour one out for the bad vibes. But above all else, be blessed. Stay safe.